Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yeah. All right, bet. So we're just going to hop into it. Episode one. Um, I have no idea what I'm actually going to call the podcast either. So we're going to just figure out as we go along, you know. So episode one, first guest, Brianna Browning, Four Houses Realty. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Had a couple, you know, it was a, it was an exciting day. Um, I will tell, the part I will tell about it is I did rip my pants today. That's why I'm in the sweats. I won't, <laughs> I won't go into detail about anything else. What about you? You're coming off some showings, aren't you? Yeah, I had two showings today uh, for some rental clients. I had a good day as well. Um, I got an accepted offer. I said offer. Offer today. Okay, congrats. Thank you. Um, I also obtained a new buyer with a buyer's consultation. And then also, what else did I do? Well, I got my nails done. So that was my exciting, my other exciting part of the day. So I'm Perfect. doing good. Perfect. And then you've been an agent for like a while now you've been in the real estate like industry as a whole for a while now right mm-hmm. so I've been an agent for 11 months I got my license uh in April of 2022 so I'm almost at a year so good for me <laughs> but um April 2022 and then as a whole I've been in the mortgage industry for two years prior to that so I started in about 2020 I was working at Rocket Mortgage okay as a processor so what made you so I guess we'll like take it back there for a second. So what made you decide to hop into that? Just like. So honestly, I wanted to become a real estate agent because I was really trying to go to college. Um, so I was really just trying to secure any type of income I can to make sure that I put myself through college. Originally, I wanted to be a model and own a modeling agency. So that's what I wanted to go into school for to be like a businesswoman. So I was just trying to think of anything that can get me some fast money because I was Googling, like, what can I make <laughs> really quick so that way I can – well, I didn't say so I can go to school. I just said what makes you money really fast. Right. And that was, like, one of the top five things is, like, becoming a real estate agent. So that was, like, my thing that I was trying to do. But then I – once I started looking into it and I started watching, like, real estate um, reality TV shows – I pretty much was like, okay, I think I can do this. And I'm still, you know, going to finish school. But I was like, I, I don't need this for school. I can actually do this and be successful at it. So that's how I kind of switched over from trying to do that into going into real estate. Okay. So then I guess, too, like, did you come across that, like, while you're at Rocket, like, figuring out that you wanted to be, like, a realtor? Or did you kind of, like, already knew? Um, already know. I think Rocket kind of made me more serious about it because I was actually still at my job prior to Rocket Mortgage. Um, I was working at a gym, um, Franklin Athletic Club in Southfield. (laughs) So I was working there, and that's when I kind of had the idea because, you know, they weren't really paying too much for me to go to school. So that's when I thought about it, and Rocket kind of pushed me into doing it because I was – I could actually see, you know, like, the benefits of being in that industry. So that kind of made me serious. It was very hard for me at first because I was doing, like, um, I don't know if you wanted me to go into how I Go into it, go into it. (laughs) But, um, yeah, like, I was trying then, but I had did, like, online real estate school um, with Real Estate U or realestateu.tv. It was something like that, but it was an online real estate school. It was at your own pace. Um, and that's why I was saying, like, I really didn't take it that serious because I don't even think that I really read anything like that when at the time when I was doing that. So it took me longer than what I thought it was going to take me to finish that class. And every time I went to go take the test, I was failing. And and then also COVID hit. So they weren't even accepting us to even come in and take um, the real estate test, the state test, because I passed the class, but it, it took me a long time to do that because it was at your own pace. But then when I actually took the test, I was failing um, like multiple times to the point where I was like, if I don't pass, I'm about to just become a mortgage banker. <laughs> like I'm already over here at Rocket Mortgage. Like that's what I'm about to do. But then like, um, you know, I had somebody come into my life that kind of pushed me into, you know, just kind of inspired me a little bit at that time. And it kind of, that also helped me to take it more serious because I was very discouraged and I retook the class and I was like studying day in and day out. Like as soon as I was off at Rocket Mortgage at 530, I took like a 30 minute break. And at 
6.30, I was studying until I literally read a chapter every day, wrote down all the key points, and once I finished that, I was like, I'm about to schedule this test two days because I could still go take the test whenever I wanted. That was like a refresher for me. So I went to um, what is the real estate one when I did that. Okay. And once I finished that class, I was like, okay, I'm just about to schedule this test in two days. I was cracking little jokes to my friends. Like, I'm telling you, if I don't pass this test, like, it's over. And then I went and I passed it, and I, my mouth literally dropped because I couldn't believe it. So that's how I finally got into it. Did you cry or? Uh, did I cry? I think I did cry in the car, but in the actual like testing room, my mouth just was like. <laughs> so. Did you I find was, out like immediately that you passed? Yeah, you find out immediately. Like so, when I was failing, <laughs> it was really like fail. As soon as I got done, but when I passed, it said pass. But I was super shocked and overwhelmed, and I just felt like my life was going to change. Mm-hmm. And then so. When you, like, fail and you go to, like, retake it, do you have to take, like, like X amount of days before you can take it again? Because, like, for the mortgage test, like, luckily I passed it on the first try. Oh, he but, tried a blaster. <laughs> but, um, but I do know if I didn't pass it, I wouldn't be able to take it for, like, another three months. No, it wasn't a time limit on it at all. Um, you can go anytime, but, I mean, you had to pay for it. So if you were just, if you had the money, I mean, it wasn't too crazy like it was like $80 I think to actually no how much I don't know I think it was $80 to actually pay to go take the state test so I mean it's really like if you wanted to just keep paying the money so that was what it was so at your just own discretion as I mean like you said it's like it's your, it's your money so yeah if you had the money and you can go in a couple weeks I say like if you failed and you were like two points off like yeah go take that test again in two days but if you fail, like, drastically, yeah, you should wait at least, I don't even, I don't even want to say a month because the information, like, literally goes out of your brain so quick after taking that class that I wouldn't even suggest that. Just, I mean, you just got to study, honestly. Right. And then how much of it do you think is, like, actually, like, applicable to, like, your day-to-day, to, like, what you actually do on the field? That's a good question. <laughs> um, I think it's, like, different strokes for different folks. Um, yeah, like, for example, I think contracts for sure you use that daily. I think – and that was actually the hardest portion of the test. Like, it has the most questions. That was actually the reason why I kept failing. <laughs> but I know how to write contracts now, y'all. <laughs> but um, I will say contracts, um, agency disclosures um, – you know, FHA, well, not FHA, I'm sorry, um, the guidelines for fair housing, I'm, that's what I wanted to say. So fair housing guidelines, um, I feel like it's also important to know, like, the different types of loans and the different programs like Fannie and Freddie and things like that. So I think that those are the things that you use as a realtor on a daily. Um, anything else as far as, like, financing, there's some, I mean, honestly, we don't do financing part that's all the mortgage lender but I guess it's good to know yeah um he he happy (laughs) but yeah I think that's good to know as a realtor because you don't want to be like naive when somebody asks you a question because they're going to ask you a question about oh what does this mean on my closing disclosure and it's good to know even if you don't know everything like just to know some type of information so I would say that those are the things but typically like financing and all the calculations is either someone there to do it for you and everything else is just like rules and regulations. I mean, state laws also are something that you use daily. So that's something you want to be careful with. Okay, cool. And then, so transitioning out of like passing the test, you know, congrats to you. Thank you. Congrats to you passing your mortgage. <laughs> <test>. <laughs> Thank you for your first time. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so after that, like you have to, what are kind of the steps do you have to, so, like, I know for us, I had to, like, get, like, my fingerprint scan, stuff like that. Is that similar? No, it's really, like, a straight shot. Like, once you pass, like, your, um, once you pass your test with whoever you go to school with, you'll get your certificate, and then you pay for your license, and then you pay for, you know, going to take the test. Once you do that and you pass the state test, it's just more so go find you a brokerage that you love and that you feel comfortable with, and... 
that's when you get your that's when you can actually sign up and say this is who my license is for me if you can't operate without a broker okay so how'd you go about like picking your first <laughs> where'd, you, where'd you start off at okay <laughs> so um i started off at providence properties um yeah i started off with Pro- providence properties um, the way I went about picking that brokerage is I felt really comfortable with her at that time. Um, she was, you know, she said, like, a lot of things that I was looking for. Like, I didn't want somebody to look at me as a dollar sign. Like, she was saying that, you know, she was God-fearing. Um, and that's something that I want. Like, I don't want you to just be throwing me to the wolves now. Right, but I right. want somebody that actually does pray and things like that. I want good spirits around me. So that was, like, one of the things that clung to me versus – for her versus everybody else that I interviewed. Where else did you interview at? Um, for my first time, I interviewed at 3DX, and then I interviewed at, what was the other one? There was another, I don't remember. I think it was EXP, maybe. Mm-hmm. Or it was, like I think that EXP has, like, different brokers under them. Right, so right. somebody with EXP. Um, but she kind of, like, stood out to me more. She, she more so sold herself on how she was going to build me as a realtor. And I will say that... W- she did. Um, she helped me with a lot of the lingo that I have now. She helps me with a lot of the lingo I have now. Okay. And I do give her props, but then I did switch over to Four Houses Realty, which I think is more of my speed. Okay. And then, so I was going to say, like, in Michigan, at least, there's, like, tons of, like, Keller Williams or, like, you know, Max Brooks, all those type of shops. Did you just, like, not really consider those, or? Um... I, I did, but I didn't, because um, one thing I did when I was trying the first time around before I actually even passed my test, I already had, you know, interviewed with Keller Williams, and it was really nice. Um, there's nothing wrong with them at all, but I felt like I wanted somebody that could see me. Like, I feel like if you have a bunch of agents, 60-plus agents, then might not be paying attention to little old me and I needed that like I love to be hands-on I want a relationship with wh- whoever I'm working with I want to feel comfortable with you so that was kind of why it wasn't anything against them but I wanted somebody that can be hands-on with me so when I did my second go around of switching brokerages I I interviewed I forgot what the sa- one of them was saying but she was really nice um and then I also interviewed with um Century 21 and then I interviewed with four houses. I would say out of all of them, my broker now, Charles, he's the only one that reached out to me after I met with him. And even it was hard for me to leave out of my first brokerage. Um, he actually was like, okay, well, because we had like a clause in that brokerage that basically said we had to leave in a certain – or we had to let the broker know at a certain amount of time that we had to leave. And I really wanted to switch at that time. I really wanted to go – with Charles and he was able to he was like well if that's what's in the contract I am willing to basically mold you into the type of realtor you want to be at while you're still working with her if that's okay with her so it was even a consideracy there for what I was going through and I I need somebody to be personable with me like I know everybody be like oh it's a job but I feel like we're all human I don't want to go somewhere where I can't be vulnerable or I can't express my feelings. So that's why I kind of, that's why I chose Charles to be my broker because I felt like he was the only one to reach back out to me. He was also the only one to cater my feelings. Even when I was calling him, like, I don't know what to do to, you know, work with you. He was like, we'll figure it out. Like, so he was very personable on that level. So that's why I chose my brokerage now. And it's, I will say it's more of a family. I feel like everybody there is supportive I don't know everybody too well, but I feel like I hear good things about everyone at my brokerage. So it's more of a family feel for me and more comfortability. Okay, cool, cool. Shout out to Charles. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so being at Four Houses now, where's your guys' office at? Birmingham, Michigan. Okay. <laughs> li- <laughs> hey, li- living it up. Birmingham, one of the nicer areas in Michigan, definitely. If you guys aren't from Michigan, uh, definitely one of the places to be, I would say. Mm-hmm. Do you? So how big is your team? It's about 10 agents. 10 agents, okay. Mm-hmm. So, okay, so I can see it, like, what you mean by, you know, everyone being Yeah, I feel like I can like be that. seen. Like, yeah. I can I can call my broker right now. He is also, he just got his, his license in California. I can call him right now and be like, I'm, I'm struggling, and he'll answer the phone. So, 
That's what I need. Does he like fly in between both or? Well, he just got okay, there, okay. so he's flying in between now. Okay, exciting, exciting. Yeah. So, <laughs> eleven months in, how have you know like how are the deals that you've done gone? I know that like going from like test to like actually doing it like two separate things like especially like on my end when I passed my tests compared to like when I did like my first pre approval ran through my first application, first consultation, stuff like that. It was, you know, scrambling, trying to just figure it out, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Was that something you kind of, like, had similar experience with? or? Um, luckily, at the time when I did start, I did have a friend that was in real estate. Um, she was kind of like the support there. Um, yeah, she was kind of like the support there for me. So she was the one who was like, oh, yeah, throw yourself out there. So... I, it was like a it wasn't really a scramble for me because I had somebody that was really close to me at that time that I could text and be like, what does this mean? Or, you know, or I could text my broker at that time and say, what does this mean? So I wasn't really scrambling, but I was super nervous. Like I didn't go to my first showing by myself. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't go to my first showing by my uh, by myself. One of my um, friends, she went with me. Um, what else? I think that was pretty much it. Like, I just, I didn't know what to say. Like, you know what you see on TV where they be like, oh, this is this type of house. Like, I didn't know what to say. So I kind of had to come with my own lingo because I didn't know how to, I never been in sales before. So I was like, I didn't know how to sell this house like they do on TV. So right. Like I the kinda, selling sunsets. Yeah. it's I like selling tapping better. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah, I didn't know how to sell the house, so I kind of had to come with my own lingo. Um, I went with my – I didn't go with the friend that was in real estate to my first show, but I went with one of my other friends. But I wanted her to come with me so she can kind of show me a little bit, but she wasn't able to. So I kind of was like, um, okay, I just printed out the listing ticket, and I was like, okay, the house is blah, 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 X, whatever, square feet. Um and then, like, on a, a listing ticket, it'll show, like, what type of countertops is it, it is. So I'm like, okay, this is granite countertops. I didn't even know the difference between granite or floorings and things like that. Like, I was like, the flooring is ceramic. So I kind of had to look at the paper to show me. But now that I'm in it, I still use my paper to give to my clients to give them information, but I don't need it anymore. Okay, shout out to you. <laughs> I learned. Oh, that's what's up. So – Kind of like the things on the paper, what do you think, you know, like for your buyers, for example, what are they the most interested in? Because I've seen the listing tickets when I'm like dropping open houses. It's, it's a lot of numbers, information, stuff on <laughs> What do you think they're like really looking for? Um, I think they're looking for square footage. Um, I will say on the – I don't think that they're looking for this necessarily, but I do think that – okay, square footage for sure that they're list, they're looking for – but I don't think that they're looking for this necessarily as far as, like, the dimensions of the bedrooms and living rooms. Like, it'll be like, oh, you 12 by 8 or whatever. So I think that that's beneficial to them. That's good for the paper if they're looking to buy, like, new furniture or looking to measure their furniture. But I think more so on the paper that they're looking at is square footage. And then also they're looking at the purchase price. And then also they're looking at – um. I have one more in my head, but I just forgot that fast. I know taxes, taxes. That's what they're looking for. So I think that those are the main things that they're looking for on that paper. Okay, I think the taxes are like actually important because even from like a finance, like you know, mortgage side of things, I, I feel like that's one of the things people don't consider when they're thinking of payment. They're normally thinking of like principal, interest rate, you mm-hmm. know, but taxes and, and insurance for that matter are a part of it. And depending on what you qualify for, it could change depending on, like, the house and what the taxes are. Like, I had a I had a borrower, they're interested in a house, and we had to kind of do, like, a lot of, like, working around to make the numbers work because the taxes were, like, 9200 for the year. Mm. So, obviously, that's going to – that's a huge Ooh. jump for, like, monthly <laughs> payment, you know? Yeah. I honestly – I will say I'm glad you brought that up. I didn't know that, you know, taxes played a part in the debt-to-income either until – um one of my previous buyers, and they were like the um, other the lender for that contract. They basically was like, "Oh, we got to make sure that the taxes didn't go up." And I'm like, 
what do that got to do with anything? <laughs> I'm like, we looking at the numbers, baby. We not right, looking right. at the taxes. <laughs> no, so, definitely, definitely. So I didn't know that. So that's actually a good fact to know that we should consider the taxes. Um, now I have like, well, I've I had it since I've been at my new brokerage, but. Um, now we have like an app where for our title company where it actually calculates the taxes for you for an estimate. So I try to send those out to for like every like specific house. Yep, you can put the address in. Okay, okay, no, that's cool. Um, because yeah, I like I might have to go with you <laughs> for for that because I was gonna say for I sure. <laughs> <laughs> I um like I, I look them up like I'm I'm pretty good about finding the numbers, but that's also why I tell like my clients and stuff like that. It's hey, if you're interested in this house, like, send me the address so I can run the numbers and stuff like that because, like, the DTI is tight and then the taxes are, like, insanely ex- expensive. You know, that can drive it up. Or if it's, you know, if it's been vacant for a while, it's not a homestead, so mm-hmm. taxes are, like, even higher, you know. Oh, if it's been vacant, the taxes would go up? Yeah, because yeah, it's there's, like, a homestead exemption, like a lot of houses have, where, like, taxes yeah. are cheaper. But if it's been vacant for a while, it's not, like, a homestead technically, so it – shoot up i was looking yeah, at a house i know homestead like that would make the taxes go lower but i didn't yeah. know if it was vacant for so long that it can go higher yeah you don't really get that exemption anymore like i was looking at um one of my clients she was trying to place an offer on a house it was like 150 or price point but the taxes in that area are like already like higher but mm-hmm. it didn't have the homestead exemption so the taxes were like like 3200 a month and it was like a 150 dollar house so it's Wow. Yeah, yeah, Where was that at in Macomb? <laughs> it was County? it was out by like like East Lansing, like that type of area. Oh, okay. Um, so like a little ways away from here, but like you see stuff like that and like like not necessarily a homestead, but like high taxes in like Lathrop Village stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, it's just <laughs> a, l- a little tangent about that. Do you? So being like eleven months in as well, it's it's been a. It's a difficult time, like, for, for yeah. like, everything. Like, not even just real estate, kind of just, like, everything going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, did you still see, like, so I'm trying to, like, think back to, like, 11 months ago. Like, I definitely think we were still, like, rates weren't, like, what they are now. They still weren't there quite yet. But, like, were you still seeing, like, you know, people waiving inspection, like, going in crazy, like, over asking, stuff like that? Um, for sure. When I came into real estate, so I had the best of both worlds because I was still working at Rocket when I got my real estate license until they kicked me out, (laughs) y'all. But I was still working at Rocket at the time. So I had the real estate side and then I also had the mortgage side. So I was on the real estate side. I was seeing like I came in where people were coming in 20,000 over asking, um, doing paying the difference if the appraisal didn't come back. And then on the real, on a, no, I'm sorry, on the mortgage side, I was seeing not so many people trying to do mortgages because, you know, we were just leaving out of COVID and interest rates were, were like 2.99. And now they were starting to see the fives and the sixes again. And everybody was like, oh, no, that's high, but it's pretty normal. <laughs> so that was where I came in. Okay. Well, that's a, um, so I was going to say, I'll get in similar time to you. Fortunately, after the refi boom, um, <laughs> <laughs> so so things were starting to like trickle up like every month. I think, yeah, like you said, like threes, fives, sixes, sevens. They got a little bit better, but now they're like back, like you know, high sixes, sevens mm-hmm. around there. Unfortunately, I, so and then kind of with that, you know, like what what do you kind of like see with the your clients? Like, are they like what are you what are you kind of like seeing in the market? You know, right now. I guess you're right now, yeah. Or like leading up to, or like how are things changing? Like up until now. I would say like the last few months, um, homes were staying on the market for over thirty days. A lot of people think that thirty days is not a long time, but it definitely is. Like, well, I from what I seen, um, when I first got my real estate license, those houses were off the market within a week, and I thought that was crazy. I'm like, oh. Okay, so this is how the market is. So I learned the hard way, too. It was one client I had. Um, it was one client I had, and she lived far from me, and I came home, did the offer. Next day, it was, and I submitted it. As soon as I submitted it, they was like, oh, we just accepted the offer an hour ago. So that's how crazy it was. 
but now what I was I'm seeing now is houses are staying on the market over 30 days, which is a long time in a on a real estate market. Um, a lot of people are asking for seller concessions, which is a benefit for buyers. They can, you know, they can use that money to buy down interest rates or go towards their closing costs and things like that. Um, that's pretty much what I'm seeing is like seller concessions. Um, houses are staying on the market a long time. And then also interest rates are, I don't want to say high. I want to say normal, but high compared to what we already saw. Okay. And then. With all that being said, too, like, inventory is, like, also, like, nowadays, like, kind of lower compared to. Mm-hmm. So, would you, because, like, I see, you know, people, like, the concessions are there. Like, if you can, like, negotiate it, you can you can get them. They're, like, a little bit tougher. Um, I wouldn't say they're just, like, they're, like, free. Like, you definitely get them. I, I've seen people get them, but, you know, like, inventory low and stuff like that. Do you, what would you consider? Like, do you think we're, like. Like a sellers, a buyers, are we like kind of in the mix of both? Is it like a gray area? What would you? I think it? that we're definitely in a mix of both. Um, I would say like November, December was definitely a yeah. November, December. I don't know why I was just thinking we were still in December. <laughs> <laughs> Time's no- moving fast. Yeah, November, December. I would say we were definitely more so in a buyers market. Um, I was able to negotiate like six percent seller concessions with no hassle. For one of my clients at that time, but now shout out to you. Yeah, y'all. <laughs> I'm just kidding, not to toot my horn, <laughs> but I would say now the sellers are buying back. Like I, the offer I submitted yesterday, that it got accepted, but I asked for if I wanted my six percent seller concessions. They was like, "Oh, we'll give you three. I'm like, "Okay, I guess I won't be greedy. We'll t- they will take it." <laughs> <laughs> do you? Do you always? Like, is it a practice for you? Do you try to swing for, like, max concessions every single time? or The last few times, yes, I have been trying to get the full thing. Because, I mean, you don't, it don't hurt to ask. It's not going <laughs> to affect you. So I'm like, well, we can get up to six. That's what we're going to ask for. So, yeah, I wing it every time. It's like we're going to ask for six. And we going to – because, I mean, I feel like you're going to come back with something. Right. If I'm asking for them, that means I need them. So <laughs> you're gonna come back with something. So I take it. Okay. Okay. No, I, I like that. And then I mean too, like you're, like you're representing the buyer. So it's not like, like obviously everyone wants a fair deal, but it's not like you're in the seller's best interest. You know, you're doing as best for your buyer. So if like six percent right. is it, then six percent is it. Are we trying to make something happen? Right. And I, I will say it's like I'm not necessarily just asking for. Well, one client I did just ask for him just because. <laughs> but if you don't necessarily did you get them? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I w- You don't. We don't necessarily. If you don't necessarily need them, I'm not just about to be like, oh, six percent. I'll ask for a, you know if I'm just ask for something. But if you necessarily need them, yes, I'm going to ask for some for sure. Mm-hmm. And then, do you think? So. <laughs> that, that, that might have been from outside. I was going to say, so over time, you know, because, like, on my end, like, I don't really have to do, like, a ton of negotiation, right? Like, sometimes, like, <laughs> listing agent, they don't – sometimes the listing agent doesn't call me. I like calling them, but, you know, sometimes I don't hear from them until we're under contract, and then I'm reaching out for the update. So as far as, like, negotiating, like, the deal – Structuring a deal, like, negotiating, I'm, I'm sure it gets better, like, over time, but do you have – like I said, like, clear-cut way of going about it? Do you have, like, a system, like, you got, like to follow when you're, like, placing an offer? Like, what's your kind of process? Um, my process is I always make – okay, so we go by the purchase price. So what I do is, one, I'm taught to – I have to check the, the comps on the house because if the house is 150 we're not offering – 190 second on stop. <laughs> no, but I do check the um comps on the house to make sure that it will at least appraise for what they're asking for. Okay. And then from there, I do ask my client, like, okay, we're gonna check the comps. I'll send them over to them. You know, this is I'll tell them like, okay, this address is the closest to what we're looking at right now. They'll say, Okay. And then I'll ask them, Okay, what are you comfortable with? And then they'll tell me what they're comfortable with. Or sometimes, most of the time, they ask me what I think. So I'll ask them what they're comfortable with. They ask me what I think. 
and it really just depends on the deal for what I think. Like, if I think that, okay, after we look at the comps, and then I look at how long it's been on the market, then I'll suggest, like, oh, we should offer X, Y, and Z. Sometimes they go with it. Sometimes they'd be like, I'm going to offer a 1000 less. <laughs> I don't know what that is, but they'll do stuff like that. So, And then it also depends on what I'm asking for. If I'm asking for, for example, seller concessions, sometimes you can get away with asking for it and giving them, you know, what they're – you know, at least I feel like for selling concessions, you should at least offer, you know, what the purchase price is. My bad. <laughs> you should at least offer – what the purchase price is. Um, but also, like I said, it's really just depending on, you know, how long it's been there. So that's how I determined that for seller concessions. Like it depends on how long it's been sitting there, uh, what the purchase price is. And sometimes for that, you might have to go a little bit over what they're asking. Um, or sometimes lately – I think it's only no. Actually, I didn't go over on any of the ones I asked for seller concessions. Um, it was one I did put in. I, I just put in at asking right now. But if um, I will put that in, and then they'll re- they'll negotiate something else. Like it was one that came back and was like, "Oh, we want five thousand more if you want that." So I just, if they're willing to do it, I kind of want to let them say it. Um, but before I do that, I'm not just out here throwing out offers, asking for selling concessions. I'm definitely asking, do they have any other offers on the table before I'm doing that? Because if I'm not asking and I'm asking for additional things that other people may not be asking for, like I'm not servicing my client correctly. So I do ask them like, oh, do you have any offers? And if they say, yeah, okay, okay, well, what do your seller want to get seller concessions and things like that? Do the listing agents ever like, not want to give up the details like the other offers they have do they just tell you like hey come with your best or don't come at all or um i would say i don't know like i feel like it's like a mixture like it was a couple times where i called and it was like i really can't tell you which they can but (laughs) they're like i really can't tell you but then they'll suggest something so yes and no most people, I feel like they will tell me, like, oh, I do have an offer. Like, it was one offer I put in, and there was – I think we had the – we had came in at the same amount with another offer, and it was like, oh, well, you're 75 conventional, and the other one was, like, 75 um, – It was, like, FHA? Or? No, no, I'm sorry. They both were 75 conventional, but ours was appraisal guarantee. There's – yeah, ours was upon – contingent upon the appraisal. So – we basically was like, okay, well, of course I asked my client, but we offered them 3000 more still with the appraisal. And the uh, appraisal actually came in higher than what the house came for, which we do not disclose on our end. <laughs> <laughs> so they got some equity walking in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, no, that's that's exciting. I feel like that's never – I mean, for the buyer, that's never a bad thing. You know, like, yeah, yeah. you never know <laughs> when you're going to need that type of equity or anything. But, y'all, as buyers, don't ever tell – the other side with the appraisal came in unless it's lower. You just <laughs> <laughs> you just like saying like came back at value? Yeah, I'll say came back at value. Okay. I, I feel like that's just a game. <laughs> yeah, because I mean you don't want them to come back and be like, Oh, it's worth it, then give me that nope. We coming in at value. Right. So I was gonna say like at that point, like they might they might be combing through that contract looking for like any little way out. Mm-hmm. You know? And I think that somebody just asked me for one, um, our appraisal uh, for the deal that I have in motion right now, um, they were like, can you send me a copy of the appraisal? And <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, my client doesn't want to release it. But we came in a little bit more. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, no. <laughs> Do you, are you opposed, like if the seller or the buyer is cool with it, obviously, are you guys like opposed to giving it like after the fact? I mean, why would they need it after the fact? It's not their house anymore. <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, because like sometimes... Like, if they're, like, let's say the seller's, like, uh, doing flips, you know, mm-hmm. and they're just wanting to, like, hey, like, am I am I hitting the ballpark, like, with these, like, comps, stuff like that? Am I, like, you know, do I know what I'm doing? Well, I never experienced that before, um, but I don't think that has really anything to do with me at that point. <laughs> so, okay, okay. I think that that's more so, like, seller and client. Like, I think that you get each other's number at closing. So, if I feel like if they did want to do that, 
after the fact that's on them, but okay. I haven't had that experience before. Okay, that's, that's fine. So, are you allowed to, like, walk me through, like, any deals? Like, are you, are you able to talk about them? Like, ones that have closed, like, not ones that are, like, working on. Like, do you have any, like, ones that are, like, memorable or, like, kind of, like, stuck out to you? If it's no, it's, that's fine, too. <laughs> <laughs> I had some deals that stuck out to me, but I don't know. I kind of want you to ask me some questions. Maybe I can do it that way because it might be easier for me. Because I, I feel like every every deal was kind of special in a different way. It was, you know, I would say, like, the easiest deal I had was my second deal. It was, like, a walk in the park, honestly. How so? Just, like, everything went right? Everything just went right. We didn't have any problems it was okay we met up we got the offer accepted earnest money deposit she did wait for inspection waived the inspection um appraisal closing no she wasn't calling me <laughs> <laughs> i mean not that you can't call me but like she wasn't you know like it's kind of a precious thing to go through like buying a house so she wasn't like frantic that was probably like the easiest one she um she still calls me sometimes, but it's locked in. Locked in. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like you should ask me questions. <laughs> okay. Well, what about um like tougher ones? Like, have you run a situation where like the appraisal came back lower, and like uh, now you gotta figure out, hey, like is this deal gonna fall apart? Do I are we just renegotiating? You know, like how? Going yeah, about that? I had my last deal. I just closed. Um. It came, the price came back a little lower. Um, it was a $150,000 house. Um, we put in an offer for like, well, we put in an offer for one fifty, but we needed seller concessions. And we told they asked her one five five, So it came, it appraised at one fifty. So yeah, we had to come back and renegotiate. And I will say that was a learning experience for me because I thought, I had put in, I guess I put, I tried to put it like an appraisal contingency in my offer and I put in appraisal guarantee because that's what a lender told me, like, make sure you put appraisal guarantee. It's not me. It was not <laughs> him. Thank God. <laughs> but they was like, make sure you put in appraisal guarantee. And I was like, okay, I, I'll do that just to make sure that I'm thinking, you know, that this is the best interest um, at heart for my client. So when that appraisal came back late, I was like, okay, well, we about to y'all only getting one fifty. They was like, uh, sweetie, you put in appraisal guarantee. So, you know, this is like I never expressed this to my client, but I felt like I had to fix it because what what was I gonna do? Like I said appraisal guarantee and then I Googled it after he they came back at me and was like, You said appraisal guarantee because 'cause I'm thinking this mean we can renegotiate, but I they were, but when I Googled it it was like, Oh, this is the seller gets the upper hand and renegotiation regarding the appraisal. So I'm about to cry, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what am I supposed to do? Like, you know, basically it will be like my mess up or whatever. So I was like, okay. So I just came back and was like, my client needs to sell their concessions. She can't do 155. What are we going to do? And y'all, mind you, we was like maybe a week from the closing table. Table. So they asked me, like, so when is the potential closing date? So I'm like, oh, it's, you know, X, Y, Z. So I'm like, okay, this might give us some leverage. So they took, like, a couple days to respond. So I'm texting them. I'm like, hey, like, being nice. How are <laughs> you? Hope you're having a good weekend. How did your seller feel about the 150 So they were like, oh, they're still thinking. So then I was like, I had to get a little aggressive at this point. I was like, okay, I well, to turn it off on. Yeah, I was like, my client just wants to know what's going on. She really needs to move by the end of this month. Um, I was like, she really needs to move by the end of this month. Like, what can we do? So that's when they was like, okay, we'll give you the one fifty. But they took down like a thousand dollars in seller concessions. So we still got our concessions, but. Y'all, that was an experience for me. I never write appraisal guarantee in my contracts again. Now I'm way more specific. Like I'd be like, now in my offers, I'm like, if appraisal come back lower, my client gets to negotiate a lower purchase price. I'm very specific now because that one right there had me had my back against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> it could have ended a lot differently. Yeah, definitely. I could have lost that deal for my client or 
or she could have been coming out of pocket for a house that she really wanted. So I'm glad that I was able to clean. You know, if you see this, <laughs> she she knows who she is. If she see this, look, I fixed it. Don't hate me. <laughs> but That's the most important thing. So but she say, never knew that. So <laughs> I was going to say, you got the house. Um, appraisal came back lower. You're able to renegotiate, save the deal, and you still got concessions mm-hmm. and closed it. So at your, you're doing your thing. Yeah, you, know, you, you, really, you. you showed out. You know, so. <laughs> I'm having flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of moving past that then, what do you, I guess, 11 months in now, coming up on the year. So then this is like your full, like your first full year, like mm-hmm. as an agent. So, and then you've done, You've done like a couple deals, right? Like you've you've done like more than I feel like the average person in their first year. Because like the first year, uh, there was like some study came out last year. First full like first year agents, I think there's like 1.2 million new ones. Like 800k of them like didn't do a deal like the first year. I feel like that's kind of oh, like wow. the norm. Like a lot of people in their first year they don't do like any deals, mm-hmm. and you know you're knocking them out of the park. You're whether well, easy hard, you're still getting them done. So kind of climbing that momentum of, like, your success for your first full year, wh- where do you kind of want to see yourself, you know, like, at the end of this year? Um, y- given, like, you know, the market's still, it's tough. I, on our end, we're hoping, like, interest rates start working their way back down towards the summer, better by the end of the year, so maybe we'll see more activity. But, like, for you personally, like, what are your goals? Where do you want to? Hmm. <laughs> well, I have personal goals and goals for real estate. Um, right now, like I do, I do have like two jobs, well, real estate and another job. So that's one of my goals. I want to be co- well. I consider myself full time, y'all, because when I get when I'm at work at my other job, I'm on my laptop. I'm texting. I'm sending all type of information, and then I get off work and I do my show. So I consider myself full time, a full time realtor. But I really want to be without that other job too so that's like one of my goals for sure is to be i guess really full-time but i feel like but i feel like i'm (laughs) full-time and i'm i mean like you like like you're still doing the work like you said like you're at work but you're still handling business stuff like that so you're Mm -hmm. still getting it done and i feel like that's important too because sometimes like people have like two jobs like they're you know they're doing their job and then they're realtor as well like sometimes they're like okay like I can't do both, like, at the same time, you know, so. I will say that it does get overwhelming, but it's some days where I will completely just stay to myself. I don't know. I feel like that's a good thing. But I do have some days where I'm just like, okay, I just don't want to be bothered. I will still text you back and do stuff for real estate, but I ain't doing nothing else that day. So I do still take time for myself. Um, So back to the goals, I do want to be full, full full-time real estate I'm hoping that's by the end of this year. Um, I actually want to get to more of the Oakland County area right now. Like, I feel like I've been in more so on the Wayne and Macomb, but I really want to be in Oakland. Like, I love, I, I love West Bloomfield. I love Birmingham. I just love. <laughs> I just love Oakland County. To be honest, I live in Oakland County too. Don't try to find me, but (laughs) no, but I'm just kidding. But I do love Oakland County. Like, I just think that they have a lot of things that, you know, are aesthetically pleasing and a lot of things that's rising over there. Even in Wayne County, I think that there are a lot of things rising, especially in the black community. So that's more so where I want to cater to is, you know, giving back and, you know, kind of selling in the Oakland County area because I really like that part of Michigan. Um, as far as like a monetary goal, I don't have like a monetary goal. Um, just want to be out here doing it. Yeah. I just want, honestly, I just really just want consistency for myself. Like I want my deals to be double what I make at my regular job. So that way I can be just living my life because I mean, honestly, the only reason I'm really at my other job is because I got to keep up with the things that I'm used to. I like to look nice. (laughs) I like to travel. So, you know, just growing in that aspect, I just want to be a full, full full-time realtor, double the full. (laughs) Double the full, okay. So what are, are like, some of the things you do as far as, like, marketing? Marketing? So 
I will go and look at show. I will look at the MLS and see like some houses that you know I think are nice, <laughs> and I will like record like home tours and things like that. Um, what else do I do? I try to post like what else? Do I? I try to like I have like this this app I have that helps me to post like informational things for you know clients and real estate agents. It's called Agent Crate. Agent Crate. And it's a su- subscription that I pay for. Like, that's kind of the, kind of the marketing I use. Um, honestly, I think that my best marketing tool is when I actually come on video and talk. Because, in which I'm trying to get better at. But sometimes, y'all, I be tired. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think those are my best marketing videos. Because I feel like that's when the most people reach out to me. When I actually come out and talk. And people see that I'm a human being instead of just some girl that's trying to sell real estate like everybody else. So I think that when people actually see me and when I meet people in person, it's a different type of energy. Um, I'm always smiling when I meet people. Um, I even ask them how they day are going. Even if I met you the first time, I'll be like, how was your day? And things like that. So I think it's more for me, marketing, I do like home tours. I try to keep up with my agent crate subscription for education um sometimes here and there you might see me throw in a this or that or do you like this type of kitchen or whatever I'll try to throw things in like that so and I just kind of just stay on social media um one thing I am trying to get into is um I was I think it's called farming it's when you you know get like postcards sent out in a certain area and then I also want to put in put flyers out in like my area where I reside okay Cool, cool. So, for other agents who are, you know, they're watching this or they're getting ready, like, pastors has and stuff like that, since, you know, you're 11 months in, do you have any advice for those, like, people, like, just starting out that can maybe help them hit the ground, like, running? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course I have advice. Um, one thing I, was, I will say, if you're – you know, already passed your exam and got your state test. Um, the advice I would give you is make sure you go with the broker that you're comfortable with. Don't go with somebody because, oh, they work with Keller Williams. Not Nothing against them, but, you know, just don't go with somebody with a big name because it looks good. Like, it looks good, but, you know, make sure you're going with somebody that's comfortable. Like, don't think of a dollar sign when you're getting into something that you actually want to do. And I think that where a lot of people, not even just in real estate, in general, they make a mistake. They look at the dollar sign. Like, no, look at where somebody value, values you as a human being. Um, that's one thing I would say is, you know, that's as far as, like, the brokerage. And don't get discouraged, especially if you don't see anything the first few months, especially in this market right now. Like, a lot of people, more than you know, are sitting. Well, not sitting, like, but a lot of realtors are a little slow right now. So don't let that discourage you if you're just starting out in this market. That's my second thing. Now, if you're trying to pass the test, be focused. You know, you can tell people you can't come out for a minute. Um, study every single word in that book. I mean, you may not use every single word, everything in that book when you pass, but make sure you study everything in the book because that's what's on a test. Um, as far as the state tests, they pay attention to trick questions because they will ask you a question that has two answers that are correct on that test. You have to choose the answer that's more right, if that makes sense to you. Um, and just, you know, just believe in yourself. Those are the things I would like to give the newer agents and people that are trying. Oh, cool. And then one of the things you said, like, just like my two cents on it, it's like, obviously, the market's tough. You know, like you said, like, realtors, they're less busy, stuff like that. But, you know, that's, for one, kind of, like, the nature of our, like, industry, there's going to be, like, really good times, you know, mm-hmm. like, for, like, more decided, you know, when, like, refinance is more popular, you know, like, interest rates come down, more people are buying, people are refinancing homes, so there's, like, upswings, and there's times like this where it's just tough, you know, where it's, right. you know, but I think. And people are also always renting, so if you don't have a buyer, you got a renter for sure. <laughs> right. Right. Then, so for the people who are coming in new and it's like, hey, it's like tough right now, but they stick it out and make it, 
until like the next good time, like when rates come down, you know, mm-hmm. things kind of like stabilize. Then, if you can make it happen when it was tough, like imagine when it's you know easier. Right, know, like it's just gonna start coming to you naturally. Definitely, you'll you'll take off. So, you know, thank you for coming on. I, I want to start with that, but where can where can people find you? You can find me. Say no, I, <laughs> I'm a jokester, y'all. So, <laughs> no, you can find me. Um, my Instagram is at Brianna the Realtor. It's spelled differently, so it's B R E A U N A. So at Brianna the Realtor on Instagram. At Brianna the Realtor on Facebook. Um, my personal Facebook is Brianna ZB. Oh, no, it's not. That's my personal Instagram. <laughs> Don't follow me on there. <laughs> no. Don't follow me on there. No, you can follow me on there because that's where you can see me as a human being. Like, I love traveling with my friends, going out to different restaurants and things like that. So, I don't mind you following me on my personal Instagram. So, Brianna ZB, if you want to see the human side of me and not just the business side of me, um, my Facebook is Brianna Z Browning. So, and then you can find me also at my brokerage at Four Houses Realty. You can find me in Birmingham. Um, all the information is on my Instagram, including my email and my telephone number. Perfect. Well, again, thanks for coming on. I'm sure you'll be, you'll be back before the year's up, but in mm-hmm. a year, I definitely want to have you back so we can just touch back on the goals that you set and see like, hey, did we hit these? If so, how did that happen? If not, how did that happen? What are your goals? So that way, when I come back, I can ask you some questions. <laughs> My goals. I would. It's a great question. <laughs> My goals towards the end of the year, I want to. I'd like to be above like 10 million in volume. Um, mm-hmm. I guess. Like ten million volume, I f- in my opinion, like I'm trying to do obviously as many like deals as possible. It's uh-huh. like obviously the goal, but I feel like to do ten million, you have to have done like a certain amount of them. You know, you can't <laughs> you're not really hitting ten million doing like five ten deals. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to do the most I can. I would like to. I'd like to have a name for the podcast. Right uh, by then, y'all should comment or subscribe because <laughs> it's going on youtube right comment yep it's going on youtube spotify apple Podcasts, all of it okay period <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to think of a, i just tried to think of a name but i think that you guys should comment below um i mean it's, i'm over here talking like it's my podcast <laughs> take over take over <laughs> but i think you guys should comment below what you guys think the podcast should be called um Shout out to Phil. He's a great mortgage banker. Or, I'm sorry, mortgage <laughs> broker. Let me correct myself. So, where can we find you? <laughs> we can find me. So, we can find me on Instagram at Loan with Phil. But by the time this is uploaded, it might be changed to Life with Phil. The, oh. <laughs> <laughs> the YouTube channel will also be called Life with Phil if you're listening to this on Apple Music or Spotify. The podcast... Still don't have a name for it. <laughs> one, one of the goals will have it. But those will be, like, the main spaces you can you can find me, definitely. I'm also on TikTok, Lone with Phil currently. But, again, by the time you see this, probably be Life with Phil. I like so, that name. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't have an outro either. So that's it. <laughs> that's a wrap. <laughs>